Welcome to Financial Practice Made Perfect, presented by Independent Financial Brokers of Canada. I'm Kenny Ho. Today I'm joined by David Roberts, Regional Sales Leader for Group Medical Services in Alberta and the Northwest Territories. After graduating from business school in the spring of 1988 with a marketing major, David joined North American Life, NAL, based out of North York, Ontario. Since then, David joined Group Medical Services, GMS, in 2004 as a sales representative for Southern Alberta, going on to eventually become Western Regional Manager in Canada. David, thank you for joining us. Today we're going to talk about travel insurance, why you need it, what it is, and how claims are paid. So let's start with the basics. As a consumer, why do I need to buy travel insurance? Well, in Canada, we really tend to take our health care for granted. Um, but when you leave Canada, you take your first step outside of Canada, you're no longer protected. And in the event of uh, an illness, an injury, um, you're going to go to whatever medical facility is available to you. And health care can be extremely expensive, um, especially you know, to the south of us. Um, the United States is among the most expensive uh, places to ever become ill or get injured. So it, it is extremely important to, to take care of yourself and make sure that you have coverage before you go. Unfortunately, um, according to FIA, which is uh, the Travel Health Insurance Association, um, only 47% of Canadians actually take out travel insurance. And of that, 38% said that a claim, a medical claim of $1,000 to $5,000 would be financially ruinous. So at the end of the day, um, the kind of claims that you get south of the border are far in excess of that, in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it's something that uh, you want to make sure that, that you have it before you leave the country. Are there different types of travel insurance? There are different types of travel insurance, and it really depends on your own circumstances, what kind of travel insurance you would want to get. Um, most uh, people have coverage through their employer. Um, they may have coverage through a credit card. Um, it's important to understand the kind of coverage you have. So as an example, if my employer had uh, travel medical in my extended health care coverage, typically it's around a 30-day out-of-country coverage. So you can take as many trips in a year. You don't have to purchase coverage for each trip. You just simply know that you have that coverage. And um, if you happen to be traveling for longer than 30 days, you definitely want to look at uh, topping up your coverage uh, to meet the length of your trip. Um, so that's one type of coverage. Uh, another type of coverage uh, would be perhaps, let's say you're a snowbird and you travel south for the winter. Um, you know, you've gone, let's say, four months, uh, just as an example. It could be whatever number of months, but let's just, in this case, say four months. Um, you would purchase the exact number of days you're gone for, and that's called daily trip insurance. It's, it's, it's meant for a single trip. It's not back and forth coverage. It's just simply one long trip. And um, it, the rates are determined simply based on your age and your medical condition. And uh, that's the key focus there. So certain coverages um, are what we call daily trip. Certain coverages are multi-trip. Um, and, uh, so, and you can also purchase multi-trip as a, as a snowbird, um, but that would be for trips where you're, you know that you go for a shorter duration for each trip. So instead of going for one long trip, you know, you've got a place rented down in Arizona or Florida for four months, you 
you know, go for two weeks to Hawaii and then you go on a cruise for, you know, three weeks or those types of back and forth trips. So for the traveler that gets um, back and forth on a regular basis, you want a multi-trip annual coverage. And for people who tend to take longer single trips, it's a daily trip. And then, of course, as I mentioned earlier, there are other coverages that are embedded within um, uh, let's say your credit card, or they also could be involved in uh, an employer or an association benefits program. There's been a lot of talk in media lately about travel insurance claims that have been denied for various reasons. How can I trust that the insurance company I've purchased coverage from will pay my claim? Yes, so how can I trust that a insurance company, a Canadian insurance company, is going to pay my claim in the event of an illness or an accident? Um, going back to, uh, to FIA, the Tribal Health Insurance Association, uh, 95% of all claims, Canadian insurance travel claims, are paid. So, yes, there are some claims that aren't paid, uh, approximately 5% industry-wide. And at the end of the day, um, you really there is a bit of an onus on the on the individual to answer questions honestly, completely. Um, if you have any questions or concerns, don't be afraid to go to your doctor and uh, and take the questions with you and make sure that uh, you know your situation prior to traveling. Um, now, if you're healthy and you're young and you've never had any issues, you don't have to worry really about these things at all. I mean, you know, there's, there's if you've never had an issue. I wouldn't worry about it at all. But if, you know, you're older and you're a snowbird and, you know, you've had a heart condition or you've had a diabetic condition or whatever it might be, you really need to take the time to, to disclose that information. And at the end of the day, um, what you're looking at is a, a contract between you and your insurance company. And, you know, they will pay the claims. Like I said, 95% of all claims are paid, but um, that's relying on you disclosing your information correctly and completely. And uh, it is something that you, you want to take seriously. You don't want to take, take it lightly. So that's... I guess the the key point there that you know the in, the insurance industry in Canada can be trusted. It's very good. It does its job well, but it relies on on proper information. So I'm convinced that I need this coverage, and I'm ready to buy. Where do I go to purchase travel insurance? Okay, so where do you go to purchase your travel insurance? Again, you want to take a look at your your circumstances. Um, are you young? Are you you know employed and you've got a a group plan that covers for a certain period of time, um, or don't you? You might be an independent contractor. You're on your own. Um, you really need to take a look at what are your circumstances and what is available to you. Um, it could be as simple as uh, your credit card handles uh, emergency medical or trip can cancellation and interruption, um, or not. And uh, it's really, you want to take a look at your the options that are available to you. If you don't have those options, then you want to take the time to to go to a travel insurance expert, uh, someone who knows what they're doing. They're not dabbling in, in travel insurance. They're focused in on it and know what they're doing. And so, uh, again, getting back to the... The, the snowbird who was traveling for that four-month period, you want to make sure that, that you're disclosing all the information and you go to an independent insurance advisor that can deal with more than one insurance company. And why that's important is because no one insurance company is the silver bullet for all age bands, all medical conditions. You want to 
you know, make sure that, that you're, you're dealing with an advisor that knows, A, uh, what they're doing, and B, where to place your business. And so that's, that's the key recommendation. Look for a travel insurance expert. Do you have any helpful hints to avoid making mistakes when purchasing this kind of coverage? Okay, so when it comes to uh, helpful hints, you know, the common sense uh, tips that you want to look for. As I mentioned earlier, you want to be truthful, you want to answer questions completely, and if, if you have any issues, just, you know, take the questionnaire to your doctor. Um, when it comes to um, older travelers, snowbirds, it's important to, um, to understand something called stability. And what does that mean, stability? Um, you always hear insurance companies won't pay because uh, you had a pre-existing condition. That's actually not true. Pre-existing conditions are covered. Um, in fact, most insurance companies have several different rate categories based on whatever pre-existing conditions you might have. So, so long as you're answering the questions truthfully, they're going to slot you into the right rate category based on your pre-existing medical condition. So that's, that's the, the one that people think is the boogeyman, but really the concern is stability. And what I mean by that is if I had a heart attack last month and I have an insurance policy that says that you can't travel within six months of a medical event, such as a heart attack, then you're not stable, you're not fit to travel according to the terms and conditions of the insurance contract you have. It's, it's not so much, you know, your doctor says, yeah, yeah, you should go down there and, you know, um, just relax in the sun. That, that would be nice, but the contract isn't between you and, the, and your doctor, it's between you and the insurance company. And so you really just need to understand, you know, are you stable according to the terms and conditions of your contract with the insurance company? And different insurance companies have different um, uh, stability periods. Some could be as little as, believe it or not, seven days, but you're gonna pay a lot for that particular stability clause. Others could be as long as a year. So you really want to pay attention to the stability clause within your insurance policy. And that's uh, one of the key, key areas to focus in on. Um, another one is to consider if you're traveling, maybe if you're a little bit younger and uh, you're traveling to Mexico, as an example, and you've got some activities that you're going to book, such as parasailing or, or bungee jumping or whatever it might be. If you're that kind of a person, you want to just double check to make sure that your policy doesn't consider that an extreme sport. Some policies will, some policies won't. So if, if that's something that uh, you know, you're likely to do, then just make sure you don't get a, a policy that would consider that, that kind of an activity an extreme sport. Um, another one, uh, there was a, in the news uh, a particular case ca called the Million Dollar Baby, it was, uh, it was deemed. And what that was is uh, a lady traveling to, um, to Hawaii with her, her husband. They're going to be having a baby. And unfortunately, there was, uh, the, the baby was a, a preemie, and um, uh, there was near $1 million in, in claims that had mounted. And so the claim was denied, and there were a few reasons from the insurance company. Um, they, didn't, they didn't disclose all of them because of uh, privacy, but um, at the end of the day, if you're traveling and you're pregnant, you want to make sure that um, you're looking at how far into your pregnancy can you travel. 
you might have a, a policy that says after 17 weeks, you're no longer deemed to be safe to travel and the insurance policy won't pay. So you just want to take a look um, if you are traveling while pregnant at, at what point are you considered safe to travel versus not. And, uh, you know, and, and as well, um, there have been cases in the past where you know you are insured as the mother, but then believe it or not, this new life that comes into the world um, doesn't have coverage. Um, so again, it's it's something really important to focus in on if uh, you're traveling while pregnant and you need uh, insurance. There's another one as well. Uh, you really want to shop around. As I mentioned before, no one insurance company is the best when it comes to all age bands and all um, uh, medical conditions. And, uh, you know, even if you have a, a, a spouse, you know, that uh, you'd like to have both coverages with one insurance company, um, you may have to split up your coverage just from the point of view of, you know, the husband has a heart condition and, and one insurance company is good with that and the wife has a diabetic condition and a different company is good with that. So again, that goes back to the dealing with a travel expert that, that knows the industry. Um, now having said that about uh, a couple, um, if you can travel together, there are, when I say together, I mean on a a policy with one insurance company, there are some uh, companies that will offer a companion discount. So it's worth looking into to see if, uh, if that's available to you. And, and typically you'd be looking at perhaps 5%, but uh, 5% could add up. Um, there's also early bird rates. Early bird rates uh, tend to come into effect probably prior to October in that range. Some companies might be a little bit later. Um, but typically the industry uh, changes its rates in around anywhere from September 1 to November 1. So if you book early, um, you can get charged in uh, the previous year's rates. And unfortunately in healthcare, costs always go up. There's, healthcare inflation is among the highest. Uh, um, it's always in the double digit range. So if you can purchase last year's rates this year, um, but just prior to the rate change, it's something worth considering. Those are some helpful hints I think that you should pay attention to. Thank you for your insights, David. My guest today has been David Roberts of Group Medical Services. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Financial Practice Made Perfect. Past episodes of the show are available on our website, ifbc.ca, or you can subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. I'm Kenny Ho. Thank you for listening.